We've taken our Those Were the Days microphones to the Ambassador East Hotel, where we're talking with Tony Randall, who's in town to talk about his new television series, The Odd Couple, which will make its debut on ABC TV Thursday, September 24th at 8.30 p.m. Chicago time. Tony, welcome. Thank to you. To Chicago, to Those Thank Were the you. Days. Hello, Evanston. Hello, Evanston, and the whole North Shore. I know it well. I went to Northwestern University. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Jack Klugman is your co-star in the TV series. Yes. Sidekick, I believe, is the word oh, they use. He's not a faithful uh, <laughs> companion. Or faithful anything. retainer. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, uh, you're retaining the uh, flavor of the uh, Broadway play and the movie. I didn't the see the movie. So I, I don't know. I didn't see the movie because I heard they didn't have the flavor that I was so very fond of. <clears throat> yes, the flavor of the play, definitely. The characters, certainly. Jack played uh, played Oscar for over a year in London, and I've played Felix many times. I played it twice here in Chicago, right. the Drury Lane. Lane right? Yes, with uh, Evanston's own Tony Marcus. Right. <laughs> Chuck Shaden interviewed Tony Randall on September 16, 1970, at the Ambassador Hotel in Chicago. Eight days later... Randall's new series, The Odd Couple, debuted on ABC. Randall played Felix Unger. The show ran for five seasons and became Randall's most remembered role. He continued acting until passing away on May 17, 2004. Today you are still a, a regular on, uh, on the Opera Quiz program. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. So, that's, uh, I'm a regular on a radio a show. Regular, uh, radio. That's true, yes, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's true. Because we do that live and in front of an audience, mm-hmm. I sort of think of it as a an appearance. <laughs> but you are regularly uh, on the program. I'm I'm an irregular regular. I do it f- three, four, five times a season. So from the Odd Couple to Mr. Peepers to One Man's Family, I Love a Mystery, My True Story. Up in the opera quiz. Op- opera quiz. Yes, And yes. Uh, you've come full cycle on the, on the radio routine. <laughs> After I Love a Mystery went off the air, Carlton E. Morse penned a new serial drama entitled Family Skeleton. He cast Mercedes McCambridge in the lead role. Yeah. Now, you wrote a series for Mercedes McCambridge, too, didn't you? Yes. Family Skeleton. It was in a, a hometown setting up in uh, the northwest someplace, uh, a kind of a spy story. Mm-hmm. There was a... Uh, big airplane factory near the place and uh, supposedly uh, the Russians were either trying to get information or mm-hmm. blow up the factory or, or something like that. And Mercedes was a small town uh, teacher mm-hmm. in a school. Her father had been a district attorney at one time. He was kind of a, a person of importance. Well, a stranger came into town and she fell in love with him. Suddenly, he had to get out of town, knowing the background of this thing. Was he a spy, or was he something else? But anyway, he took her along, eloped with her, and Mm -hmm. that was the beginning of her trouble. They went to an airplane, finally, and uh, he was taken aboard and went off towards Russia. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know whether he had just used her as an instrument for getting... The program would air weeknights on CBS from June 8, 1953 through March 5, 1954. It pulled a rating of 3.3 for Sweetheart Soap. As an example, a thing that I did, The Demon and the Exorcist, the film, is a 100% radio performance Mm -hmm. because you never see me. 
all you do is hear me. And yet, through the vocal apparatus, I made people throw up and pass out and faint and all that. But it was interesting to pull it off in a film because it was really radio. And it's, uh, you know, you, um, I've done this before on a microphone since the film, but I wondered how I could convey through sound an impression of the demon breathing. In the book, Bill Blatty describes the horror of the sound that the two exorcists feel when they are outside the closed door of the room and they are still aware of the breathing going on inside of the demon, inside the little girl. How are you going to make that sound? Well, I finally came up with something that worked, and it's what's on the soundtrack. When I was little, I had bronchitis. I've had it all my life. And uh, I wheezed and do wheeze when I get into attack of it. So really what you hear with the demon, let me do it for you now. When the demon breathes, this is what you hear. And all it is is bronchitis. <laughs> well, that wouldn't mean anything in front of a camera mm -hmm. or out there on that stage. Mm -hmm. But in radio, you can do so many things, so many, many things. If you risk the amount of imagination you have and trust the amount of imagination of the, of the listener. Mercedes McCambridge had many trials and tribulations. She was nominated for a second Academy Award for her role in Giant in 1956. She also voiced the demon in The Exorcist. She won a battle with alcoholism and penned an autobiography in 1981 called The Qualities of Mercy. Six years later, her son John, a futures trader, was caught embezzling funds under McCambridge's name after she'd given him money to invest. Mercedes refused to cooperate with her son and the company he worked for. They wanted to institute a repayment scheme, which would have kept the matter from becoming public. In November of 1987, John wrote a scathing note blaming her for his problems, before killing his wife, children, and then himself. Mercedes appeared in one final TV role in 1988. Her second husband, radio and TV writer-producer-director Fletcher Markle, passed away in 1991. She died on March 2nd, 2004, in La Jolla, California. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents I Love the Mystery.
Carlton Moss adventure thriller, Spank me for a baby. Gunplay. Keep those hands up. I got them up, fella. Nasha? Yes, maestro. Take that flashlight out of Jack Packard's hand. Yes. Give it here. Uh, don't move. Either of you. Nice piece of work, maestro. But what do you think it's going to get you? You do not worry. The maestro knows what he is doing. Nasha. Yes, maestro. Stand behind me with that flash. Hold it so that we're all in the light. Yes, maestro. Good. Now then, where's your partner? Reggie? Oh, he's down yonder in the doorway of the car. Doc, you fool. But, but Jack. Oh, never mind. Very well. We will go down to the doorway. Keep your hands up. March. I will follow my stroke. You follow close. Keep everyone in the light. Yes, my stroke. Jack, is there anything the matter? That's a silly question, Reggie boy. What made you think that? But the mice... Maestro has a gun on you. No. York, put up your hands. I say. Put them up. What, what about it, Jack? Better do as he says. Well, I don't, but what's it all about? Jack uh, asked the maestro for our 25,000 simoleons back, and this here's his answer. I see. Hey, Reggie, where'd that feller go? Doc, what's the matter with you? Well, nothing. All I was going to say was... Nobody's interested in what you're going to say. Just shut up. I'm very interested in what he was going to say. Is there another man in this car? Yeah, sure, there's another feller. It's me, and I wish it weren't. Who are you? Yes, Svensson, Svensson. Look at him, maestro. He is bindle stiff. What are you doing in this car? Well, you don't think I like it any better than you do, do you? You're going to like it a whole lot less before many minutes. Keep over there in the light where I'm keeping an eye on you. You sure? you never seen such an agreeable fellow like I am. Packard? Well? Go over in the doorway and stand facing out. What's that for? Going to clear this freight car. There are too many people in here. Hey, you're crazy. Go to that door, Packard. If you think I'm going to jump out of that door going at this speed... You don't have to jump. I'll help you out. With a slug of lead between the shoulder blades. Oh, look here, maestro. What's the matter with you? That's a bit bloody, isn't it? Packard, do as I say. I'll give you to the count of three. And if I don't move? I'll shoot you where you stand. One... Two. Oh, Jack! Uh, Jack! I'm not shot. I'm not shot. It's the maestro. The maestro! The maestro! Oh, so turn off that light. Go, Nasha. Go! Oh, here, here, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got the flashlight. Oh, hurry up. Turn it on. Yeah, here it is. Doc. Doc, find Nasha. Reggie, help me with the maestro. Yeah, you bet. Oh, I say. Look at the maestro's hand. Mangled. Here, rip off his shirt. Make me some bandages. Right off. Yeah, but who did it? Who shot the maestro? I guess I'm the failure. Had to shoot the gun out of his hand. Good work, Swenson. Uh, give me a piece of that cloth. Here you are. Hold that flashlight down closer. Yeah, it looks like I shot off one of his fingers. Looks like oh. you did, all right. Oh, oh stop oh. groaning, you're not dead. Jack, Jack, now she's not in this boxcar. What's that? No, she ain't. I, I, I look good. Hey, you mean that Russian girl jumped out? She must have. Oh, but look here. Supposing she had that $25,000 on her. Then I would say your twenty-five grand was laying back along the tracks on the body of a dead girl. Well, darn it, why don't somebody stop the train? How are you going to stop a freight train? Oh. What about it? Jack? There, that'll take care of you, Maestro. Oh. At least so we can get you to a hospital. But, Jack, our $25,000. I think our money's safe enough. Hey, what do you mean? Have you forgotten Nasha disappeared from this boxcar once before and came back safe? I see. Hey, that's right. Besides, we don't know that Nasha had the money. Search the Maestro. You bet we'll search you, Maestro. Here, you roll over. Oh, 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 oh. Man, don't he oh. suffer good. Uh, hold that flashlight, Reggie. Right, oh. He's got so much fat on his bones... 
Nope. Nothing on this side. Roll him over. Oh, 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 I'm tired. This man here. Over. He goes. Anything at all? Uh, limp as a baby. Hey, Jack. There ain't nothing at all on this park. All right, let him sit up. Come on, you. Uh, up, up with you. Uh, will I... Will I bleed to death? Sorry to report, there isn't a chance of you bleeding to death. Who shot me? I did. You did? You're only a tramp. No, I ain't no tramp. You're not? Then what are you? Just a railroad dick. Policeman? For the railroad. What's the idea? What are you doing here? Looking for this fat man? You was? What for? Murder. What nonsense is this? That's right, mister. But why is the railroad interested in the maestro for murder? We found a dead man on the railroad right of way near the California line. Did the man have a knife in his heart? You sure? How did you know? Didn't I tell you? I knew there was a dead man in this car. I touched the knife in his heart in the dark. What's that? Certainly I did. He tried to make us believe it was one of his manifestations. He let me touch it, and then he shoved it out of the car. But look, fella, how come you linked the dead body up with the maestro? The body was identified. The man was last seen in the company of this fella. Well, that kind of puts you on a spot, maestro. I'm tired. Tried and I have failed. Then you admit the murder? Yes. Why did you kill him? I wanted Packard's $25,000 for myself. How did you know I was carrying that money? You remember back in the freight yards in Los Angeles. You three were waiting for a freight to pull out. You were hiding in a boxcar. Yes? Well, we were waiting too. This man I killed and Nasha and I. You're outside your boxcar in the fog. We overheard you talking about the money. So that was it. We heard you say you were going to catch the next freight out. So we went down and got into an empty boxcar. Never hoped for you to get into the same boxcar with us. We only expected to be on the same train. Follow you to to your next destination. And we played right into your hands by getting in the same car. When did you kill this other fellow? While we were waiting for the freight to pull out. I killed him in one boxcar, and then, because there was so much blood, I carried him to another car. This one we're in now. As long as you're talking, tell us a few more things. We heard a man scream before I felt the body with a knife in it. I did that. I screamed. Yeah? And how about turning Nasha into an animal? Simple magic. Nasha is completely in my power mentally. When I placed her in a trance, she will do anything I want her to do. By thought transference, I do not need to speak. Just think... And she does what I think. That's really true? Yes. Those horrible glaring eyes in the dark and the snarling. The eyes were luminous paint which I daubed on her forehead. Well, son of a gun. The snarling I did myself. Like this. Oh, Joe. Exactly the same. Yes, I did that myself. And how about all that wolf business at Barrier Dead? Circumstances fitted right into my plans. The wolves were killing people out there in the desert, so I I pretended that I was causing it. Are you saying you actually didn't kill Alki Joe and Chinese Tom? I did not. The wolves did that. I put Nasha into a trance and made her jump through that window and pretend to go out and call the wolves. You said, what about the wolf you turned into a man? The chappy with long hair on his face who brought the body of Nasha to the window. Uh, the people of Bury Your Dead are simple folk. I... Found a man among them whom I could bring under the influence of my mind. I hypnotized him, covered his face with crepe hair, and 
had him carry Nasha in. You certainly went to a lot of trouble on our account. Yes, I was using all the magic I knew to to confuse you, so that when I got hold of the $25,000, you would not know where to start looking for it. You didn't fool me for a minute. I know. You're a stubborn man, Packer. Yes, but Nasha, you fooled Jack over her. Even he said Nasha was dead when the chappy with hair on his face brought her in. Yes, Nasha is so completely in my power, I can hypnotize her so that she is the same as dead. A suspended animation. No breathing, no pulse. Her body takes on a death-like white marble hue. Then we sure enough buried Nasha while she is still alive? Yes. Yes, but how did she get out of the coffin? It was still nailed shut when we dug it up. I made the coffin myself. If you had examined it carefully, you would have found hidden hinges in one end. When I sent a mental thought to Nasha, she came alive. She opened the end of the casket and dug her way through the sand to the surface. Holy jumping cow, you mean that Russian girl opened the coffin and come out alive? Yes, it has been done before. Houdini mystified the world for years with that trick. Well, what do you know? But why did you go to all that trouble? Why did you bury her? With her, I buried the $25,000. I wanted the money out of the way when you searched for it. Yes, but who hit Jack over the head out on the desert and took the money away from him? The man with the hair on his face whom I had hypnotized. Under my influence, he attacked Packard and then brought the money to me. Well, I reckon that just about explains everything. No, there's two more things. Jumping Dick and Laura, for one thing. I can explain them. That foul woman, Dry Gulch Mary, heard Doc Long mention the money you were carrying. She told Jumping Dick and he and that woman, Laura, decided to get it. You mean his daughter? She wasn't his daughter. Just an adventurer stranded out there in the desert. You know that? I do. Well, how's that for pulling the wool over my eyes? <laughs> Christ. Well, that explains those two. Now the most important. Maestro, how did Nasha disappear from this boxcar and then return? Turn your flashlight on the door of the car. You mean you're going to bring her back now? I might as well. The game's up. All right. Go ahead. Nasha. Nasha, come back. Hey. Hey, look. Here she comes. Floating back through the door of the car. Yeah. What's going on? That ain't natural. Nasha, come here. Yes, maestro. Take off that money belt. Yes, maestro. There it is. There it is. Yes. Now give it to Packard. Yes, maestro. Thanks. Hey, but that still don't explain how she got in and out of the car. Nasha is an acrobatic dancer. She simply took hold of the top of the door and swung her body up onto the roof of the car. She's been up on the roof of the car? Yes. It would be impossible for anyone less lithe and supple... Even she couldn't do it, except under my hypnotic influence. Maestro, I want to hand it to you. You're a clever man. Clever enough to escape this murder charge? That I don't know. No. I don't think even the maestro is that clever.
further transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. This program came from New York. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.